0: Hey guys, on this episode of EdTech, we're going to be talking with Rob Raspberry, Scott Tyner, and Ernie Bailey. We're going to be talking about holograms and which conventions are the best to go to for professional development. All this and more on EdTech.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. 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 This is it's AV Nation. Nation.
0: This
1: is AV Nation.
0: This is EdTech, episode sixty-eight: Holograms versus People. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by
2: Extron Electronics.
0: This is EdTech, your monthly higher ed tech podcast. I'm your host, Bill O'Donnell, and this month I'm joined by Rob Raspberry. Hello, sir. Hello. From Drixel. How are you, sir? Great. Uh, I'm also joined by Ernie Bailey. How are, How you, are you doing? Sir? Good. And of course, as always, Mr. Scott Tyner, how are you, sir?
2: Hey, Bill, I'm doing great. It's great to yeah. be back here again.
0: Yay! <laughs> so, as we're uh, starting to round down the year, uh, we're trying to look at a couple of uh, interesting uh, articles. The first one comes to us from uh, Inside Higher. Uh, not that one. Uh, it actually comes to us from uh, Commercial Integrator, in which it is uh, talking about uh, the what is the opportunity for uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting these things confused. I'm hopping and jumping. I'm terribly sorry about that. Here we go. Um, the, the item we were going to talk about here was, uh, it's from avinteractive.com. And that is, uh, if you look at it, it's through uh, Imperial College hosted a, hologram, a holographic lecture, which if you've ever looked at it or if you've seen these things, they are kind of in the realm of, uh, you know, the Michael Jackson experience tour or if you're like me who's more of a Ronnie James Dio tour uh, kind of thing uh, in which you look at it and you can see the folks head-on they can see you um, it is going to take a little getting used to um, you know we'll, we'll probably cite some examples in a little bit but um, uh, mr. Tyner what do you think
2: so I think that this is uh, a, a natural progression from uh, any of the typical video conferencing stuff that we, we do now. Um, I'm still of the opinion that there's you know nothing better than getting that person there in in person to, to talk to people. But we know as this article talks about that it, it's expensive to do that. And this is less expensive and use that opportunity. I think it's a, it's an interesting thing. I've seen um, some hologram ish type stuff. Um, I've never, so I, I, I've never fully experienced this. So I'm, I'd be very curious to see what this is actually like uh, in person.
0: Now, now this is something for the group, really. Um, Now, it's one of those things. uh, I know Rutgers has actually been doing something similar to this. Uh, It's not full holographic, but it's um, kind of uh, dual presence or immersive style. Now, the thing that I want to ask everyone's opinion on this one is uh, in terms of the traffic bandwidth, How much bandwidth do you think, uh, network-wise, this is going to be requiring, and in the future, how much investment is is this going to cost? only reason is, in Rutgers' case, they did it because it was uh, their efforts of going green and trying to reduce traffic on campus. Ironically, the traffic is now built up on the network, so, um, you know, I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts and opinions on this one, of, of, you know, how much infrastructure is this going to be requiring? Yeah, actually, I I thought
2: of that when I read this, too. I have no idea the kind of bandwidth it's going to take, but I think that everything we do is just more and more and more bandwidth constantly. Yeah. And this is, this is just an example of it. And it's uh, talks about why AV people need to know about that stuff and why we need to really get along well with our networking people.
0: On <laughs> um, side of example, uh, many, many, many moons ago when uh, Tamburg was still, a, uh, was still an independent company and everything, um, they showed off their telepresence, uh, T3, their telepresence, uh, immersive suite. And, um, yeah, I remember they asking the guys, you know, how many codecs does this thing need and how much network bandwidth and everything else? And the guys went, oh yeah, each one has its own, each display had its own, uh, dedicated codec. Each, uh, display also had its own dedicated camera. And they're like, oh yeah, each one had its own T3 line. I'm like, Okay. And granted, things have kind of progressed from there, but, you know, good, you know, if you're talking about, you know, real-time presence or anything, uh, not the trademarked uh, thing there from Polycom, but the, the actual real presence and real interactivity, um, it's one of the things I can understand the need, the importance of it. Uh, Ernie, I'd say in your case, uh, more than anybody, you guys would probably make use of it, but at the same time, it's also both the clarity as well as the actual, you know, the specialty of the doctors.
3: Right, it's the specialty, but then we're, we're getting into the bandwidth issues, too. You know, we had a long discussion after uh, putting out our first NVX ray with our network engineers because we about shut down the hospital's ability to do, uh, <laughs> send images uh, to other locations. Uh, and just the way it all works together and, you know, what are, how are we going to limit it and control it? So mm-hmm. uh, I don't even want to go to them with something like this right now for <laughs> bringing in a lecturer, you know? Uh,
0: so. Now, my question to you is Is this, like, it, actually, if anything, the NVX is an interesting question part of this. But um, are you guys, as I say, you guys are relying on the, the your current uh, network's uh, infrastructure, Correct. Correct. Grant- Yeah, you guys haven't gone and said, oh, here, we've made a secondary network because hopefully, you know.
3: uh, We've been told we're not going to, we're not allowed to say that. (laughs) I can understand that. As I say, since uh, many
0: of us probably uh, had to deal with the days of of, your CobraNet, and if you tried putting on a regular switch, um, well, I hope you had good insurance or at least a a good warranty card. Yeah. Yeah. rob how about you guys or is this here is this is this one of those things would you just bring it up to your boss and they just go uh-huh
1: uh-huh I no. want to the toilet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no I, I think it's something that at this point we could bring up and mention i mean you know bandwidth it, it, this is just you know another iteration of um, distance learning on steroids and to be honest you know wh- what are you going to do when full vr you know, classes in which may even exist and they're going point to point, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what are you going to do with that resource and that engine and that bandwidth? I think it's, you know, it's just, they're just going to have to adapt. I think networks are going to have to understand that if there's an economic model that says this retains students and brings students in, then the infrastructure will adapt to it. I, mm-hmm. I Now, the question is, is will this, take on or will people just say we can just go back to regular telepresence or we'll just go back to regular distance learning or just regular webcasting or like we're doing here zoom um so (laughs) yeah there you go (laughs) so yeah so i i think it comes down to the economic model and obviously the the hologram is just sort of in its fledgling stage and we're just seeing it you know and it's sort of a neat thing the question is is can they bring it up to speed to make it you know the students become as engaged and and Scott you're right I mean there's nothing like face-to-face I mean that's just the way yeah. it is. that's the way it always to be honest in in general will be uh, but you know if I, I it's hard for me to see how it's going to engage the students more except that they're seeing you know a, a image of the instructor which is you know, sort of cool um, but as far as bandwidth goes the, the, the IT infrastructure, again, if it's economically feasible, they'll figure out a way to deal with it.
0: I figure this is this is where we come up with the excuse of we just, run, as I say, we take like the um, Verizon slash AT&T approach, which, in which we just start running fiber straight to the classroom.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but, you know, that's, then again, that's my, that's my MO for future-proofing anything. Oh, right. We'll future-proof the room. Okay, put in bigger conduit and put in, uh, and put in fiber. Yeah. Um, other than that, there's not a whole lot you can do to the future, right. but that's just you know that's me. Um, yeah the in general I Scott's right on this one as as much as we go and say here we can do distance learning and everything I, I think to a greater degree we at least in the higher ed portion um, there is a bit of when it comes to getting the information or getting a dialogue or an interaction with folks. Um, Is immersive slash telepresence uh, the way to go? Sure, if I had an unlimited budget, I would totally do that. Um, At times, a lot of times, we actually are just happy with, hey, we got a connection, hey, we can just go and interact and we can talk. And we're good. I mean, I know a number of uh, faculty that, you know, they're able to do stuff via either Blackboard Collaborate or they do it via Google Hangouts or, you know, yeah, some of them will yeah. do uh, go to meeting or Zoom or things like that. We and do all of the above. Yeah, and it's as I say, does it get you from point A to point B? Yes. Is it the uh, is it the uh, Ducati uh, Lotus uh, you know ride that you were hoping for? No, but at the same time, you know, our Once again, this kind of comes down to the: um, what do our students come? What do the students come to the universities for?
3: Well, you also throw in, you know, uh, some of the accreditation rules, and you know, Mm -hmm. what we get for accreditation is we have to give the same experience, the same experience to Mm -hmm. distance students and uh, as those in the same room with the professor. Uh, You know, right now, standard video conferencing. Counts as that is, you know, one of the deals we've run into is we, we have to have a good high res image from the distant site because mm-hmm. if a student, if the professor calls students in the local room by name, he has to call them by name at the far side also. Yeah. You know, we got written up from that by, by a group of distant students mm-hmm. and the professor came back and said, well, the monitor in the big lecture hall is so small. I can't recognize who I'm talking to. So, I got money to put in bigger displays, Ah, Uh, the uh, confidence monitors. Yeah, bigger confidence monitors. Uh, And brought them, put in larger ones, and brought them closer, so increased twice uh, (laughs) there. And now the instructor can do that. But you know, we does do you get to the point where you know you have to have a 3D version of your instructor at the far side.
0: Oh, see, I want it to where they actually go right on the whiteboard in the back. There you go. Yeah, the hard light. <laughs> Eventually we'll get there. Um, so, next up on it is um, uh, this comes to us through uh, Commercial Integrator, and it's the Value of AV Industry Events. And uh, it talks about things. Uh, if you've never attended them, there's uh, Avix's uh, AVEC, or uh, AV Executive Conference, there's the Total Tech Summit. Um, in addition, there's also been, uh, I've attended it. It's the, oh geez, my brain is, uh, uh hitting me right hard, right hard now. Uh, I believe it was uh, commercial integrators, um, uh, tech, as I was gonna say, it was a tech summit. Oh dear. Oh, anyway, um, in any event, uh, I still think, you know, as I say, my personal two favorites are uh, CCUMC as well as just, you know, Infocom in general. Um, CCUMC tends to be a little bit better geared towards uh, higher ed, obviously, you know, through the mouthful of the acronym that it is, but which is Collegiate Consortium of University Media Centers. Don't make me say that three times fast. Anyway. Um... But it's one of those ones where it's more geared towards these are the issues or these are the problems, these are the things we want to accomplish. And, you know, you have folks from the industry, uh, both manufacturers, and I, every now and then I think I've seen like one or two kind of integrators, but I don't know how much you want to, you know, how how many how much splitting hairs you want to do with AVI-SPL. Because um, they send to, they seem to kind of be the, the do-it-all kind of bit. Um, yeah. So, Mr. Tyner, your uh, your thoughts
2: here? I I actually found this this article uh, timely and interesting to me because I've uh, followed um, Tim and, and others on, on Twitter, and I see them traveling to these conferences all the time. And I I was recently thinking of I, I can't believe how many conferences there are, even in just the uh, the higher ed world, some of the smaller regional mm-hmm. conferences that people put on, or even colleges put on by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the article touches on that, the, the piece well, which is you need to decide the ones that are of value to you and invest your money in, in those. Um, I'm with you, uh, Bill. I, I think CCUMC is, is a great conference. Another one that I, I tend to go to is UD Tech. Um, yeah. I, I think that um, I like CCUMC because of um, the networking. People, you know people that are there. You feel comfortable talking to people that are there. Uh, we did a, a thing there this year was a um, uh, emerging technology. People just sat in a big room, and just talked about stuff and shot out answers to this and that. Cool. And for me, those are the pieces of conferences um, that that I look at. Is I, I like I like hearing um, from people doing the job rather than from vendors or manufacturers, uh, and and I like a networking piece.
0: Yeah, it's the CCUMC. There never really seems to be the we're not going to share secrets because. Once again, everyone's out to solve a problem. No one's really saying, you know, oh well, oh well. Ours is a guarded secret. No, I mean, of course, it turns into, yeah, we came up with our own programming system. Oh, do you have the copy of the? Do you have the copy of Python? Yeah, and you know, here it is. It's not like, it's not like anyone's going to be out to be making money or driving uh, uh, folks into the whorehouse uh, with these things.
2: Yeah, I of, and it's interesting. I, I think. One of the things we talked about, and Robert mentioned a minute ago, about economic models and the like. And for me, Mm -hmm. for most of what we do in AV, none of that gives us a competitive advantage, right? That that we have working systems in our rooms is not a competitive advantage. I think when you talk about um, Ernie or some of the hologram stuff you might do, or some distance learning stuff, that might some of that might give you a competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, you know, why not share? Giving my programming to somebody else is not going to drive baseball with that business.
0: No, although I was going to say, although if Ernie does patent it, and all of a sudden we see him uh, one day starting up his own consultant firm, we know what happened.
3: <laughs> I don't uh, think that's going to happen.
0: Well, listen, Ernie, the moment I see you wearing Versace suits, I'll know what I'll know what went down. Yeah, that's right.
3: Uh, you know, I agree with Scott. You know, the most important thing at most of these events is the is the networking, getting to know, you know, your colleagues, and you know, I have gotten on the phone or email with people that I've met at these conferences, you know, if I have a specific need or I've gotten requests from them, you know, mm-hmm. have you tried doing this? You know, if they're at a similar university that we are, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll say, yeah, this is how we did it. Uh, and, you know, we found, I found some good solutions and shared some solutions that we found that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I get that. And then, you know, we actually host a regional, uh, what we call teaching with technology symposium. Mm-hmm. Here on our campus every summer uh, and we started out really just doing it for Central Arkansas well we ended up getting the whole state now we have people coming in from the surrounding states either to present or to uh, see what we're doing how we're using technology in the classrooms and you know it's not all AV technology it's whatever it may be used for teaching but AV is a big part of it mm-hmm. uh, and I end up getting a lot of questions about the technology we actually are using to teach mm-hmm. uh, this group. So, you know, yeah, one of the things, and Rob
1: will
0: finish it out with you. The 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 smaller shows seem to be more focused because, uh, for one thing, you know, maybe the attendance isn't always as high and everything. But at the same time, it's it's in that same vein of. A smaller show you can have like a real conversation with the folks and really get into either the product either like the product depth or you know the folk you end up the person you end up chatting with is sometimes like the uh, the you know the the actual you know regional support folks for the for, for the product and everything uh, case in point for us um, uh, I won't lie uh, immersive uh, two of immersive's, uh, uh folks uh, live like you know two towns over from me and, you know, if I have a problem with it, it's, you know, it's nice being able to call up the tech support directly as they go, oh, yeah, yeah, no, you know what, I can be over there tomorrow. Um, thankfully, it hasn't actually had to happen so much as it's been more of the, okay, let's get on the phone with your network support folks and wrangle cats. But, um, you know, Rob, in fact, funny bit, Rob and I actually met at a smaller higher ed tech show.
1: That's correct. Yeah, yeah and, and definitely agree. Networking with your colleagues and sharing ideas and, and setups and all that stuff is is definitely the 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 big part of it. And you know, the other part of it is is like you said, Bill, you get to meet uh, with some of the, the vendors and the manufacturers of, of things that you use mm-hmm. and you get to talk to them directly and you know, pick their brain and you make connections. Um, you know, it, it's actually incredible sometimes how you know accessible these people are once mm-hmm. you get them face to face, and if you have problems, you talk to them that kind of thing. And yeah, these things aren't absolute, I hate to say it. I'm going to say it, they're a necessity. <laughs> they're unnecessary, and I'm not even going to say they're an evil. Because, you know, obviously, and, you know, it's either sponsored it by... It sounds like this is a vaccination shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ow, ow. But, um, you know, either it's sponsored by uh, an institution or a vendor or a manufacturer. But either way, they're all great. And even sometimes you can get into courses which will give you, you know, uh, the, the points you need to renew your CTS or these kinds of things. So, yeah, they're, I, I, you know, whatever level they're at, they're awesome. I mean, like you're saying, there's certain um uh events and conferences that are better than others but yeah they're, to me it's it, it's great well, let's put,
0: so let's put it this way the um you always end up uh, learning some fun stuff uh, my personal fave has been uh, a couple of years back there was the uh, nec showcase which they hold in Manhattan and everything, and they usually have a variety of partners that are there. And some of them, you get some good information. Sometimes you get some information directly from the engineers, who, you know, don't exactly have a, uh, a truth They don't have a uh, um, uh, alternate fax filter, and uh, they will go and tell you, "Oh yeah, oh no, 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 that that one's not. Uh, yeah, that's the last of the line." Uh, my personal fave at that one was uh, NEC. We said, hey, we really like that projector. Yeah, no, no, this is the new model. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, does it have the same RS 232 codes? No, 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 this is the new one. You get this one now. Like, All righty, glad I talked with the engineers. <laughs> but it's, once again, it's the smaller shows. I think it's, you're right, it's the networking, it's the personal connections, and things like that. So it's one of those ones where you can actually have a conversation, like actually. Like I said, talk with the folks. You can see some stuff where you look and go, that's really cool. You can see some other stuff, and you go, that's got to go back in the oven. Um, and sometimes the training location, or sometimes the venues will leave an imprint on you, and I'll just keep it at that um, in the fact that I've been to the Hotel Pennsylvania more times than I want to admit to. Um, and uh, it's a it's a real gem, but believe me, you, you know when you're going there, it's not you're not going there for the ambiance. But anyway. Um, so last but not least on this one, uh, we are wrapping things up at the end of the year. Um, <clears throat> the last thing I do want to chat about with you guys is, uh, simply this, um, when it comes through with your, with your school budgets and everything else, and this is just the easy thing, um, say for like in our example, they said, oh yeah, there's going to be a mo- there's going to be a budgetary cut. And we said, "Oh, okay." They're like, "Can we do value-added or value savings um, or uh, cost savings, uh, budgetary discretions? I said, "No, we're just going to do uh, less rooms because the moment we start uh, hodgepodging them, it uh, from both a maintenance perspective and a troubleshooting perspective, it just turns into a patchwork of you know what." So, uh, guys, this is this say similar thoughts, similar paths, or?
1: um so uh how do i how do i uh, start this so yeah Yeah. there there have been um situations where you know we're told budget's going to be cut you got to tighten belts and that's almost every year for some reason no i'm just kidding um and so you do have to make adjustments as far as, like like you said, Bill, either you shut down some classrooms or, you know, you cut back on your maintenance and you pray that your, you know, the room will make it to the next uh, budget year, that kind of thing. One of the interesting things that happened on our campus is that we were going through some, some financial um, uh, challenges. And what was interesting is they came up with this group called Classroom Renovations Group. And they actually invested some money into uh, a fund for general classroom renovation, whether it be AV or construction or stuff like that. Ooh. And actually that was a bit of a lifesaver that an institution would somehow understand that, you know, you need a sort of a discretionary fund to deal with some things that are dealing with your classroom infrastructure. And it wasn't a lot, but it, it certainly helped. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, unfortunately you just got to sort of deal with what's thrown at you. Um, you know, and you have to find some creative ways to cut back, whether you cut down some weekend support or, you know, you cut back on some, you know, equipment that you were planning on, on, on purchasing. Uh, in, in our case, one of the things we ended
0: up doing was uh, we did the, <clears throat> so I like to put it, the projector cascade. That was the newest, newest all right, here, we're going to refresh a couple of classrooms, um, but we're going ref- to replace the projector. Oh look at that! That one's still working. Okay, the next one down on the tier got like you know, we've had like varying aging uh, projectors and anything. and we've worked it out pretty well. The the saving grace has probably been uh, having a, a on-site programmer who knows how to actually check uh, check for uh, uh, correct polling hours and everything. Um, but uh, Scott Ernie, any uh, any budgetary stories of woe or? Well, it's, it's just you roll with the punches.
3: We've managed to do pretty well. The last big two big budget cuts that came across campus, they determined that we were essential huh. and we weren't touched, uh, including my uh, hardware budget, which really surprised me. I get a fixed amount every year, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I put the rooms into a rotation then. Uh, We support several different levels of rooms. We have what we call the uh, general purpose education rooms. Those are all the rooms that are centrally scheduled. You know, maybe College of Pharmacy for two hours, College of Medicine the next hour, then College of Nursing. It's, you know, shared shared through the registrar's office. Uh, And then we have what we call the enterprise spaces. Those are the big spaces, you know, the chancellor may use or big groups will use for special events. They're available for everyone. Mm -hmm. and then we support some departmental spaces Uh, the rule we have there is you make it available to the registrar scheduler when you're not when your group is not using it and it's not behind more than one locked door going down a hallway or something Mm -hmm. and the department pays one time to get the room up to current tech what we determine is current technology for them. you know whatever they whatever uh, levels of presentation they want to give in there is a video conference just single presentation, dual presentation, whatever. We tell them this is what it's going to cost you to upgrade it. And then once they get it upgraded, as long as they keep it on the available to the rest of the campus space, we will put it in our budget for uh, upgrading it, uh, you know, as warranties expire and technology changes. Uh, Once they get to a point, we'll keep it current. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fun part is, is I get all that, I get the funding for all, all of those through the central budget. Oh. The but my priorities are set by an academic committee. Mm-hmm. So they may come back and we don't think you should be putting money into the departmental rooms or into the uh, enterprise spaces. And we argue the best we can that, you know, we're supposed to be supporting all of it. Yes, the education is our top priority. We're, we're going to put money into art therapy. What? Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, we, we've maintained that, uh, and we have, like I said, we have not been hit, and some years I I use all the money for the academic space, and sometimes I can uh, share it among some of the others, but it still has to be approved by the academic team. Now, actually, so Ernie, one, I one. have a question
0: for you on this one. Do you guys have year-to-year budgets, or can budgets from previous years
3: roll over? Uh, if I know ahead of time that a project's going to roll across a budget year, mm-hmm. I can put the money, transfer the money into a fund that will roll over. But basically, no, I get it, you know, I have money for 12 months. That, that is that is something that we've, we've been talking about
0: here on campus, and that is, uh, I know it's a riveting subject, but uh, having a rolling budget, it's one of those you look and you go and say, all right, I can do this much this year. And you're right. A lot of times with us, we look and go, okay, we'll buy all the parts for this half of the classroom. And yeah. then when, uh, uh, you know, July rolls around, Oh, okay, here, we'll put in a rush order and we'll get this all done. Yeah. And, uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the timing of the two step, but it's one of those ones
3: where it's like, it's good, but at the same time, that right? We we will buy stuff for the next fiscal year out of the current one if I have money for it, mm-hmm. and then we'll start doing the install afterwards. Uh, yeah, it's hard to explain to the folks that the you know we can't control the budget cycle. You know, it, it starts like here is July one. Mm-hmm. But the academic break, if we if we have any kind of academic break, it's from May to August. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it doesn't do any good to get to tell me my money's available at the first of July. <laughs> okay, I can now place an order with my vendors on July one.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm not going to have stuff in on July 15. You know? Yeah. No. It the, uh, not. Does so not. not we, you know we order. In July for our Christmas renovation. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. The, um, yeah. All right. Mr. Tyner, any thoughts, words, praises?
2: Yeah, we are, we're fairly lucky that we haven't had uh, big budget cuts like that. We, we I think, are similar to Ernie. We have a very clear list of every room that we have, what it's going to cost to renovate it. And so, what I'm always prepared to do is I'll throw a bunch of classrooms on there and then I'll throw like the executive boardroom on. And say, oh, if you want to cut money, that's cool. We just want to do the executive boardroom. Yeah. And, you know, people tend to say, well, oh boy. All right, maybe we'll give you that, that extra money. Yeah,
0: we, we've, uh, as I say, yeah. If, uh, I'll, I'll just keep it to this. Um, we ended up doing something for the president's office, and they said, oh, isn't there any cost savings? And I said, we were originally budgeted for ten grand. I'm coming in at about six. There's your, there's your cost savings. Okay. Oh. Uh, anyways. That's all the time we have. Gentlemen, where can the fine folks find you on LinkedIn? And uh, uh, as I say, LinkedIn, some Twitter. LinkedIn's like the best f- place to find me. Fair enough. Mr. Raspberry? Hey, I'm there too. All right. Mr. Tyner?
2: Uh, LinkedIn, and uh, I, I try to stay stay on Twitter. You can find me there as well.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. Guys, you can find me on LinkedIn. This has been EdTech, a monthly podcast through AV, is this a AV Nation. Once again, this is it?